Have you heard the birds sing, the trees breathe, and the rain fall? The stories we tell ourselves are what create our reality. Hi, I'm Julia, your host, and you're listening to Terra Stories, the podcast that will awaken your mind to new perspectives, to reconnect to yourself, to nature, and to become an actor of change in tomorrow's world. I wish myself a friend like a chestnut tree, with a taproot that runs deep into the soil for anchorage, leaves that shade on rainy days, and a bark that's tougher than nails, a hand to hold, a shoulder to cry on, a voice like a wisp, and a heart so cherished, it's protected by rings of growth that tell you our years, our stories, and the secrets no one else knows but us. Dear chestnut tree, are you waiting somewhere out there for me? Naima's father has always taken care of his garden, as if he were hiding a secret within it. Naima couldn't help but wonder, how could such a tough person have such a tenderness to care for the plants, the fruits that grew on the trees, and the birds that latched on them. It wasn't until she re-entered that sacred space, a few years after painful events, that Naima began to unravel the precious mysteries her father nurtured within his garden. In the midst of pain, that garden became the doorway to her interest in nature, caring for the little things, the simple things. She found life lessons hidden in the trees, discovered comfort in its presence, and drew meaning from its richness. What did she learn and what is the wisdom hidden in every garden? Join us as we immerse ourselves in the soft words of Naima's poetry, where, as a writer, poet, performer, and nature advocate, she unravels the emotions hidden within the heart of her father's garden. But before, don't forget to activate the little bell on your favorite platform so that you don't miss any new episode and support Terra Stories by adding 5 stars on Apple Podcasts and Spotify. That really helps. Now, let's go back to the show. So Naima, thank you so much for being present on, on Terra Stories. I'm so happy. We've been talking a bit together and it was wonderful. We didn't stop. We were just talking and talking and we shared so many things. And I love your worldview. I love your wisdom, your knowledge. And I'm so happy to, to be sharing this with our audience. So if you want to present yourself, yeah. Oh, thank you so much for having me, Julia. It's It's been a pleasure, honestly. I mean, to have the opportunity to talk to someone that appreciates poetry, that appreciates the 
need to tell stories because stories, you know, they shape perspectives. They tell more than simply just for entertainment. They impact information, knowledge. It's very, very necessary. So it's my pleasure. It's, I'm honored. And I'm so happy because Naima wrote amazing poems that she shared with me. We selected some of them that resonated most with each other. I think it can resonate with everyone because everyone had an experience as a child that really marked them. And we always, I don't know, a smell, a song, a sound, sometimes like take you back to your childhood memories. So yeah, we can dive in if you want to read your poems or, or share anything about this. Actually, my approach to poetry began just two years ago. I've always had that opportunity to write poems, but never felt a deep connection to words, never felt there was something bigger, something more meaningful than just simply, you know, Roses are red, violets are part of the... So it was just simply, oh, I was told to write a poem for my primary school competition and I would write it and that would be the end of it. I wouldn't think more further than that. So around two, three years ago, and that's, that's something a lot of people say, that poetry is a dying art, which I don't agree. Poetry is a luxury, but it's not a luxury because you appreciate these sort of things when you have experienced great loss in your life. And that is the bedrock. That is the foundation as to which I began to write. After I experienced loss, I was lost, I was vulnerable, I was scared. I didn't know what to do with myself. And so I began to write. I began to write because I believed by writing, better days were around the corner. It's really a way, I, I think, to put some words on emotions, you know? And as we were talking before recording, and we were saying that it's a beautiful way to heal ourselves, but also others. Because people can, by your words, feel understood. Maybe before diving into, into the poems, why did you want through them to revisit your childhood? Was it to hear something as we were saying? Was it to relive them? Also, if you feel like it, you can explain a bit about your childhood, where you grew up. What is your culture? That's a very nice question. Very lovely. Thank you for that question. The reason why all of the poems that you have read have a sense of nostalgia is because everything began when I was younger. It was, it was a stepping stone for me. Uh, my childhood led me to the person that I am today, and I'm very grateful for the person that I have turned out to be. I just wrote something, and I, I just want to read it out. So... I'm the fourth out of seven children from my household. There seemed to never be a quiet moment at home. I grew up around great dignitaries, foreign ministers, governors, and ambassadors. Naturally, as the daughter of an ambassador, certain privileges were accessible, certain people, and certain experiences, and for which I am grateful. That life seemed perfect enough for me until 
it wasn't. At a very young age, I lost my mother and she was a very special person, you know, to me. And soon after, I lost my father. I'd never felt more alone, more abandoned and more confused in my entire life. I knew death would come to us all, but I wasn't prepared for the feelings that accompanied it. Grief, longing, despair. I vividly remember walking into my father's garden late 2021, feelings of, of a sort of comfort I had experienced, you know, feelings of comfort that I had never experienced before because I was very used to the sheltered life, you know, very indoors type of person, you know, banquets and whatnot. So once I walked into his garden, I had a feeling of comfort I'd never felt before and I didn't quite understand why I'd feel that way because it was just some dirt, some trees, some flowers, some birds. Uh, my father was the sort of African parent that was hard on you for very good reasons because he wanted you to succeed. It was a kind of a tough love approach to raising all of his children. And, you know, he had a bigger heart than he cared to let on. So I wondered how could such a tough person have such a tenderness to care for the plants, the fruits that grew on the trees and the birds that latched on them. That was the doorway to my interest for nature, for caring for the little things, the simple. Because I came to understand that... All of these things that we turn away from, that we look away from, might just be the answers to our suffering, to our despair, to our constless nights. It's choose to pause, internalize everything that could have happened, and be grateful. To understand that you are where you are simply by the mercies of God. Simply because you have a purpose to fulfill. The tiny insects, the, the birds in the trees, the soil, the dirt, it all has purpose, it all has meaning. So whenever you feel lost and confused and you feel like you're not fulfilling any purpose, you don't have a reason for being alive because we will oftentimes feel like we are just drifting and we don't have meaning, we don't have a purpose of being on earth, it's never that, it's never that reason. So we need to be able to ground ourselves, to spend time in the gardens or spend time around nature. And slowly you'll begin to see that there's nothing that is insignificant. Everything has a role to play. There is nothing that is just existing without a purpose. So it, it really grounds you. This is so beautiful. I I got emotional. <laughs> I know there's a part of me that is in the time cycle of a woman that is more sensitive, but I don't know, there's an energy you bring that is very powerful and yeah, I got emotional. <laughs> if you want to dive in, the, I, I can't wait for you. Like I read them, but you reading them, I'm sure it will be much more powerful. You will bring all the emotions. I sense the only things that occupied my mind, the smell of the wind after it's rained the night before, the taste of ripe fruits I climbed up trees to reach, 
The sound of thunder on stormy nights, the touch of the cold floor on a hot summer's day, and peace in having known security. I sensed the greatest things where broken things are the meaningful little things. I really love the fact that you're just saying like the little things and that's what you were saying before are sometimes the most meaningful ones and it's beautiful just walking on the floor and reminding ourselves of wow it's warm outside and the floor is cold and my feet feel good you know what sort of pleasure would one derive from walking barefoot what sort of one derive from spending their entire afternoon under a shade of the tree what would one derive from observing the birds what would one derive from it society has a very narrowed perspective of what happiness is of what peace is what success is and that's that doesn't always fall in line with individuals, some individuals because once you have been up there and that's something i actually really appreciate about uh european countries and western countries Um, to a certain degree, you know, they're, they're everywhere you go. There's going to be a caste system. There's going to be a system of the status in which people live their lives. There's going to be high class, middle class, and low class. And for third world countries, countries like Nigeria, a vast majority of people are the lower class. And if you're slightly above lower class, you're middle class, you know, count your lucky stars Count your lucky stars because the large majority are the lower class. So if you're a middle class, consider yourself lucky. If you're a higher class, you're the 1%. Consider yourself the luckiest because it's not something you easily come across. In countries like Western countries, in countries like Europe, uh, you know, in countries like the UK, the world that is in the, the, you know, they're not third world countries, they're developed already. These countries have such high quality of life that the norm is not considered, you know, their norm is considered as highly above average in our country. So that is why when I went to, you know, places like the UK and I see the way people live there opposed to the average people. These are the average people that live there as opposed to the average Nigerian. I can easily tell that Someone that is in the UK that is living an average life wouldn't consider their life glamorous until they go down to the third world countries. And once they're down in the third world countries, they would see, they would experience what we experience on a normal daily basis as, oh my God, this is, this is mind boggling. This is a, This is something that you don't easily come across because what is considered as their normal is what we are considered as high class to middle class. And the sweetness of being a local, for example, whereby you're, you have been introduced to hard labor from the moment you were very young. Um, you have been introduced to hard work, the, the earth, the nature, everything about nature that surrounds nature, the trees, everything about it, you know, how, how to farm the land, how to reap the fruits, how to reap the harvest, that has become part of the everyday local. And for someone out in the first world countries come and experience this, 
they don't truly understand the sweetness of every single thing that they have ever been given, ever experienced, and will be able to cherish the little thing. That is one way you would be able to cherish the little things. You don't even need to leave your country to experience this. Just go up to the, the mountains or just go down to the lakes and be there by yourself. That's true. And I felt this way. I went in the mountains uh, a month ago for three, four days. And I felt like all of my standards, all of my schemes, all of my thoughts were just gone. It was just me and the mountains. And I felt like there's nothing to prove to anyone here. It's just like me being here, you know, just being. If you want to continue with another, another poem, yeah. The second poem would have to be Nikita. I titled this one after a best friend. She's, she's a good person. Nikita. I've wished to connect like roots do, going deep down into the ground. I've longed for friends like family when family doesn't feel safe. I've sat and wept and cleaned my own tears and picked my heart up after it's been splattered by the one I called loved one. I've longed for a friend that's like a two-way street, different routes, yet both lead to the same place. I've cornered deep into the bellowing trees and resonated with its time-aged sorrow. Yet, in mournful sobs, I scourge round the globe for someone to share with me my wounds that run like a river of red instead of blue. I wish myself a friend like a chestnut tree with a taproot that runs deep into the soil for anchorage, leaves that shade on rainy days, and a bark that's tougher than nails, a hand to hold, a shoulder to cry on, a voice like a wisp, and a heart so cherished. It's protected by rings of growth that tell you our years, our stories, and the secrets no one else knows but us. Dear chestnut tree, are you waiting somewhere out there for me? I got emotional. <laughs> you have tears in your eyes. Junior, should we continue? <laughs> oh my God. I feel through this poem, this unconditional love of nature, you know, like feeling a safety there and it's never gonna go. It's always there. I can feel like you're talking a lot about trees and uh, why do, do you write about trees and what is the most significant piece of wisdom you have gained from trees? I took a lot of insight from the two types of trees. There are the taproot trees and there are the fibrous trees, if I'm saying that correct. Taproot trees, you know, roots that have uh, taproot systems. That's a uh, tree roots that have taproot systems. They go deep into the soil. They go deep down and they suck up the nutrients from the soil. But the fibrous root systems... They are widespread like branches. You know, they make lots of connections and they figure out where there is water. So I took insight and inspiration from the two different types of tree roots and connected that to the sensation of friendship. When it's real, 
it is either a fibrous root or a taproot. You could maybe go down memory lane in your head where you probably as a young young adult or a child trying to figure out where you fit in school, you know, trying to have as many friends as possible, but not really having one taproot, one friend that goes deep. One friend is more than enough. You do not need to be loved by every single person. That's beautiful. Len, I'm not going to cry again. <laughs> If you want to read maybe a last one. History's aged. The best stories are told by talking trees. When they stand or sit still, they live on and on and on. They may know more of us than we may know of ourselves. As they sat and watched generations age and die. And they stayed the same when everything changed. I wonder, oh, I wonder, what talking trees say. It's beautiful. And this made me really realize again how trees are old. <laughs> they are. <laughs> they are really old. <laughs> and they're there since years and years and years. Yes. And that's hundreds. Years, yeah, hundreds of years, and they have so we, much wisdom. Don't get to live that long, but they are yeah. there, you know, on planet Earth, on this good Earth. What inspired you to write this one? As a poet, you always imagine inanimate objects given life, being able to speak, and what would what would they say if they could speak? Would they rat you out about you know all the things you used to do? Or would they say, oh, well, I miss the way this used to be done. Or a hundred years ago, they'd give you a straight up history lesson. And it kind of reminds me during my father's burial, I do not consider death as something to be feared anymore. It's more of a rite of passage for me, a change address, moving on to a new destination. So my outlook on death, on aging has become very colorful and hopeful so i remember very vividly during my father's burial the birds began to act very crazy my father has two birds two large birds peacocks uh whenever he's home they know he's home and they rush to him and no one else is allowed to touch him when he's outside because they're very very protective when my father died they cried for weeks they were at night so the sound of the peacock it's very it's a very melodious tone but this was a shriek it wasn't as melodious as it normally sounds and it went for a week two weeks after two weeks they began to settle down and i knew i knew The, the credit that we give animals is understated. Thank you so much for this, really. I'm so happy to have the chance to share those moments with you, this podcast and our other conversations. And I hope there will be more. And why not doing another episode and the future, the near future uh, with other poems? Because you wrote a lot of them. Oh, I recently made a website 
where I linked all of the poems I've written or all the articles I've written on that website. And right now I'm working on an audiobook. That's amazing to know. <laughs> I will share the, the website on the description of the podcast. And thank you again. I don't know if you want to share something else to, to the audience. You know, honestly, try to find yourself before you are crowned as anything, before you are made anything. Try to find yourself, understand yourself, understand grief, understand your your direction, where you want to go in life. And yeah, that's basically it. Thank you. <laughs> no, thank you, Julia. This This was a pleasure, I mean. The podcast is coming to an end. Thank you so much for listening. You can find Terra Stories on Instagram at terrastories.studio and on LinkedIn. If you liked the episode, talk about it around you, share it with your friends. That's the thing that would give the biggest boost to the podcast. And don't hesitate to write me about the topics or personalities you'd like me to invite or address. I wish you a beautiful day or evening.